Hello and welcome to SEO SAS. You are joined with myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at Like My Media. And with me, I have Helen Wellings, SEO manager at Soak.com. We'd like you to think of us as the GI Janes of the SEO world, as each week we'll pick different SEO topics to debate and ultimately get you answers to common FAQs and issues. This show is brought to you by the team at Like Mind Media, also known as Sarah's Second Home. At Like My Media, we help our clients to find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, video, content, or even podcasts just like this one. And we're using their podcasting equipment right now. Isn't that lovely of them to lend us their equipment? They are super lovely people. We like to think including so. Including you. <laughs> so this week on SEO SAS, we have a special guest. We'd like to welcome Ian Lockwood, who is director of Boom Marketing. Good evening. Hello there, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, all good. Good, good. Um, could you just give us a little bit of information about who you are, what you do? Treat it as like uh, a dating profile on Tinder, you know? <laughs> just, I'm, just... I'm far too old for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been doing this stuff for, for 20 years odd now. Yeah, 1998 when I started. and Obviously Google launched about the same time that I started work and um, so I've okay. kind of grown up with that really building sites initially and then focusing really on on digital marketing stuff rather than uh, web development since okay. uh, first couple of years and uh, that's how I've ended up here with an agency of 20 or so people so what what do you like about SEO then I think it's 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 a game isn't it it's the challenge of trying to work with things and uh, and make stuff happen seeing the fruits of your labor um, yeah. but at the same time it's a game and uh, you can't win every battle so the you know, if you could just flick a few switches and make stuff appear at the top of Google every time, it wouldn't be uh, much of a job or, or very interesting, would it? I, so it's, I have the exact same conversation with clients wanting their magic switch that once they click on, they're there at the top. But it doesn't always work like that, does it? Well, it never works like that. Never works. Like <laughs> never. That. Unless it's PPC, obviously. <laughs> We've got you on to talk about issues around e-commerce and SEO. So obviously we've picked a, a few key topics that come up quite a lot in this area. So yeah, we'll just sort of start the ball rolling. And if Hannah, do you want to start by sort of asking the first question? Yeah, sure. Okay. So how do you deal with prioritization of internal linking? Because obviously internal linking for e-commerce is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. What we tend to do is is have a chat with the client and, and understand what their priorities are from a commercial point of view you know what what are the uh, the big sellers the higher margin or whatever the priorities they have it, it's something that they've introduced new to their inventory maybe and they want to to give that some love or um, they just feel that something's not particularly ranking if they don't have any significant priority in that regard we'll probably use more seo level data for that so looking at things that are maybe ranking close but not quite as good as we want them to be okay. uh, you know, the low-hanging fruit opportunities, keywords that are maybe lower part of the first page, somewhere on the second page, and you think, yeah, a little bit of love might might push them up mm. to get some traffic. And we'll, we'll sort of prioritize on that ground and then look for where we can work those in. So uh, typically that might be off category page, uh, descriptive content where you mention certain products or, or other areas of the page, obviously within blog posts and things like that as well. Um, and and we're obviously the point of the internal linking is to a use the anchor text to uh, to give the signposts in terms of what yes. pages should rank for which keywords, but also to to distribute the the 
link equity effectively in the pages and, and share that around as much as possible because products very, very rare. In fact, categories for that matter, very, very rarely get linked to directly externally. So um, we're, we're looking to try and funnel the link equity that lives typically on the homepage or certain key pages or maybe the more informative type pages on the site and, and feed that in. So if, if a client has a, a fair amount of information on their pages or separately on the site somewhere things that might turn up in answer boxes at the top of search results or get referenced by people on forums as a good guide to something or or useful bit of information those can often attract links quite naturally as well and and, and build up a bit of equity so we'll look to reference certain products or perhaps categories on those pages as well within the content to drive it through and that's that's probably a pretty standard practice across most e-commerce clients that we work with here Cool. And um, in terms of trying to get links, internal links on the homepage, do you ever come up against any obstacles there? Uh, well, yes, because it's <laughs> you're dealing with with what people often see as the uh, the prime real estate yeah. um, on their site. Although sometimes you can disabuse them of that notion just by using some analytics data and showing seven percent of all your traffic actually starts on the homepage, and eighty percent of your traffic never actually sees the homepage during a visit because they're just going straight to what they're looking for. So Point, you yeah. can probably you can sort of diffuse it a little bit with some data, make them a bit more relaxed about what goes on the homepage. I think but, you've uh, hit a key point there and it's always about backing up what you're saying with data. So I'm always sort of anything that I'm going back to clients on reporting or whenever I'm suggesting best practices, I'll always have data to back me up. So use like Google Analytics, GSC. use GS, yeah, Google Search Console, find like articles and what's trending and news and stuff. But Data is really, really important, isn't it? Yeah, there's no way. You have the same battles internally as you would do with clients. So, well, not battles as such. Um, But you you would have the same conversations where actually you're saying, look, we need to put this on the homepage um, and give the reasons why. And again, you can't just be like, put this on the homepage. Yeah, I mean, your other challenge with the homepage is it, it tends to change and get refreshed more frequently than anything else. Yeah. And, you know, your, your carefully placed links can be there one day and then a month later you go back to check and they've completely rewritten the content. <laughs> seasonal reason or whatever it might be, some promotion yeah. that's going on and, and, you know, you've lost the value. So Yeah. And I suppose it's just sort of getting that point across to the clients that any changes that they're making to the homepage or any, any pages no matter how minute it may seem to them, it is important to sort of talk to your SEO expert about it as well, because we need to know as SEOers what they're doing and how it's going to affect that page authority, internal linking. So yeah, yeah, I think that's really important and really key. Um, totally. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say the, the other thing about that is uh, as an SEO, you have to keep tabs on what's changing on the site from one month to the next not not by talking to it but just you know running crawls and checking yeah checking data you get because depending on the the management system they can change the name of a product and it changes title tags and it changes yeah. urls and you know all manner of things oh had this very smooth at linking uh, conversations here yeah so, um, <laughs> talking about nightmares and content disappearing how would you deal with discontinued products oh that's a good one yeah, we have this debate with people quite often. <laughs> the, uh, and particularly when we've done migrations to new sites as well, where you know, clearly when you're, you're launching a new site, the, the logical thought is clear out all the deadwood, get rid of all the old stuff that we don't need anymore. And we've, we've had clients bring across products that are no longer available onto new sites, which seems a bit weird. But again, data. We look at the, the organic landing pages, the the keywords that those old product pages are picking up traffic for and if they got rid of them 
you wouldn't have that traffic. Now, it's, it's how you can handle that within the site. So if you can't do much to that product page, other than it just sits there being a product, I mean, the worst case scenario would be that you can't take the add to cart button off, for example. If you mm-hmm. can't do that, yeah, it's going to cause you problems. And, and probably the better thing is to just remove it, let it 404 or 410 if you can set that and, and away you go. But if you can modify it and take away the option to buy and tell people in the content, this thing is you know, often it's been superseded by a new model or there's an alternative that's better now or, or whatever. If you can do that on those product pages, then you can continue to pick up the traffic from pages that have been around for longer and rank for that, but still potentially get sales. And of course, as consumers, how am I supposed to know that, I don't know, that, that Bosch have just changed their whole product range for cookers and that all the old model numbers are now discontinued and it's all been replaced with new stuff? Nobody tells me on day, the day that that happens because I'm just a consumer. So I'm looking at best buy stuff and I'm searching for the best buys that could have been discontinued for six months. But because they're on the review sites, that's what I'm thinking I want. Um, and if you just bin those products, you're going to lose, aren't you? So you've got to keep that stuff. Going back to uh, your point about making some products just go to 404 and 410, um, could you give some examples of when you would use a 404 and a 410 and what the differences are there? 404 means not found. Um, 410 means permanently gone. Um, So a 404 tends to be something that happens by default when uh, the URL no longer serves a, a page, whereas a 410 is a more deliberate choice to say, you're trying to get something and I'm telling you it's not coming back. Okay. Um, so and a lot of systems don't offer you the ability to use a 410 so <laughs> you yeah. always have a choice but um, if you can set it it's it's giving a search engine a much stronger hint you know you've hit this url you might as well drop it from your index because it ain't coming back whereas 404s it will continue to visit and obviously you see this in search console you can have pages that were deleted years ago still showing up in yeah, 404 see, reports yeah yes um, google will have them in the index for a while won't they until they drop it out of it so mm, yeah. um, and i think a good point about dealing with discontinued products is also about your sitemaps yeah. so obviously updating your sitemaps how would you go about that well you'd hope it would be done automatically by the system yeah. wouldn't you but yeah. Um, there's there's not always a guarantee of that so again it's about policing that with crawling and you know unless you're the same person who's adding and removing products as as doing the SEO which is not that typical (laughs) Uh, (laughs) unless somebody's going to tell you I've done all these things and you know some people do do that they keep change logs and they pass that information around and it's extremely useful when they do it but it's pretty rare Um, so if you're running regular crawls you'll be able to pick up when internal links become 404 and then you may well work out that, oh, it's a, it's a link from the sitemap. Nobody's remembered that we don't sell this stuff anymore. They haven't deleted it. You know, that category still listed as a link somewhere. Or often it's something that's been mentioned in a blog post or in a category description somewhere. And so there's no automatic way of doing that. You know, sitemaps are typically generated automatically. So they, they do end up more often than not stuff comes and goes automatically. But when it's been referenced within the content of a page there's no automatic way for that to be fixed so again you've got to police it with regular crawls and then just pick this stuff up it's not a big deal but you know nobody wants to click on a link and get nothing out of it so exactly cool okay well um well the next thing that we wanted to talk to you about was about whether you've got sort of any experience of conflicts with development time so that could be internal or external resources or even just i suppose from an agency point of view how you would deal with prioritizing work for the same client as in for example they may want to change something like a banner that needs hard coding or it could be something to do with seo which could be potentially quite 
um, urgent. So, for example, in a, in a migration, if their robots isn't working particularly well, and it's a big, obviously a big deal, how would you, one, prioritise based on what clients need, and then two, communicate that? Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a frequent challenge, um, <laughs> because you want to do everything all at once if you possibly can, don't you? But that's hardly yeah. realistic. The, the biggest issue is when, when it's a cost to the client, you know, so if, yeah. if they use external developers um, and that's not us, then we can, you know, we can spend their money doing audits and telling them what to fix. And then they've got to go and spend some more money to actually get that implemented. And it's often invisible to them, whereas they might want their developers to improve the back end of the site to make their lives easier or make it look nicer. And they can see that it looks nicer. So they're happy with it. And we're asking yeah. them to do stuff that they can't. It's invisible largely. So mm. it's a challenge to do that. And it's where, you know, good consultancy and, and communication skills come in, isn't it really? To be able to, to tell them, look, you've got to fix this because Google's having this kind of issue with it. Now, a typical audit, particularly on e-commerce sites, will generate a list of, I don't know, 20 plus things that need fixing, some of which are pretty minor, some of which are, you know, if you don't fix this, we're never going to get very far kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, you, and you've got to use your experience to prioritize in that way. And and I suppose oh, it's sorry. I was just going to say, and I suppose it's getting the point across to the client as well that any money that's being spent, they need to know what the return of investment is. So, whilst as SEO people, we know how important a change or something needs to do, or let's say um, that something needs to be done because Google's not indexing or can't call or something, we obviously know the importance of that. But to a client who doesn't it's getting that message across, isn't it? And it's a different kind of return of investment. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose the whilst one of the tricky things with SEO is that very little that you do delivers an instant effect. Mm. What What is also true is because of that lag, the longer you don't do something that needs to be done, the longer mm. it's going to be before you get the benefit. So the quicker exactly. you can do it, you know, you'll start to see the ROI. So, um, Do you often get that question? Sorry, just because I always, whenever there's a new client um, and someone who doesn't really, they've heard about SEO and they, they know that they want it, they need to do it for their website. How do you deal with the questions that like, how long is it going to take? When can you guarantee I'm going to see some results? Because obviously you can never guarantee because it's Google. So how do, how, yeah, how do you measure and um, yeah, how, how do you go about that one? Well, my first port of call is always to reference um, John Mueller and, and Miley Oye's video from a while back as well, where they're, they're saying, oh yeah, it takes four, six, 12 months um, yeah. for, for SEO work to, to take effect. So you've got, right, okay, well, there's, there it is from the horse's mouth. So, you know, you'll hear it from everybody you speak to about SEO anyway, but in case you think that's a load of rubbish, here's, <laughs> here's, here's the source. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then, I, again, you've got to use experience and say, well, we did this for these people and this is what happened. And once you've been doing it a little while, you might have some case studies and you can kind of show yeah. how traffic grows. And you know, our case studies will typically show we started working here here's the organic traffic chart and it, it, it maybe trickles up a little bit to start with because you can get quick wins you can fix problems and you maybe have you know if you're starting out from a low point where basically no optimization has been done at all just getting title tags right and adding some content can get you relatively quick wins occasionally yeah um, might see a bit of a lift in traffic but then it will ramp up and it, and it you know the curve is not linear it starts to get steeper and steeper as time goes on for a while okay. at least um and but it's typically a good number of months after we started work. And that's not just because SEO takes time 
as in from the day I've done something, it could be months until we get the benefit, but also because yeah. there's a lot to do and talking about resources as we were, you can't do it all at once. So it's, it's kind of a marginal gains for it most is. people and, and keep chipping away and it keeps adding up. And, and so that's why the curve gets steeper and steeper because as time goes on, you've done more of the things that you wanted to do as well as have the time for them to take effect. And I suppose it's tricky as well, because when you compare SEO to other channels, so um, for example, PPC, as soon as you switch that on and you pay in the money and you put the right keywords and you can be found instantly. The same with social media. Um, that's quite, that can be quite instant results. Obviously, social media takes a while to sort of um, gain followers, build trust, uh, get people like and engaging. But I think SEO sometimes is is hard, hard, sometimes harder to show that return of investment. And that's where, I don't know, showing targets, like, so set mini goals that lead to the bigger goal. So after month one, you can say, this is the benchmark where we started. This is where we're now. And this is important because this is stepping towards the bigger goal. So yeah, what, what are your thoughts around comparing it to other channels and measuring? Well, I think you're, you're right there that if you try and take a direct ROI from the first day you you might as well not bother doing it at all but mm-hmm. um, it's what we try and do is is show progress and yeah. progress doesn't necessarily mean more traffic but it signals that would say things are going in the right direction and that could be using sort of overall visibility scores the likes of which you'll get from Systrix and SEMrush that kind of thing it might be just looking at search console data and looking at impressions going up because you know impressions could mean anywhere in those search results. So if your impressions are going up in Search Console, you might not be on the first page. It might not result in more clicks. But if impressions are going up, you must be getting greater visibility overall and things are going in the right direction again. You might pick out individual keyword rankings. So if you're using rank yeah. tracking stuff like AWR Cloud and all those, you know, whatever rank tracking you use, then um, you know, you'll be focusing on, I don't know, maybe for an e-commerce site of a reasonable size, probably several hundred keywords at the very least just in terms of tracking for a for a barometer of where things are going. And again, you might see a keyword go from 30 to 20 to 15 and there's no more traffic, but it's definitely going in the right direction. And we use all those kind of things and say, well, these are the shorter term measurements. They're still not one day to the next kind of stuff, but these are the things that within that first maybe six or so month period, you'll start to see shifts in these. And whilst that might not translate into traffic very much in those early months, you can see it's going in the right direction and we keep going and then you know, everything continues moving and eventually it's on the first page and that's where the traffic comes from. So that's, that's typically how we do it. And if you want to compare that to other channels, well, I, largely I don't advise that you do. They're all very different types of yeah. medium and PPC is obviously the same medium in terms of where, where the eyeballs are on a search results page, but the mechanisms is, is so different that it's, it's almost meaningless to, to compare unless you're looking at maybe search volume data for, for specific search terms or, uh, or things around that. And in which case, obviously there's correlation. That's um, a really nice link from, so from comparing then. How would you sort of compare different category pages, say with, with filters and faceted navigation? Ah, my pet topic, faceted navigation. <laughs> the reason that this is a, something that we, we deal a lot with and we spent a lot of time th- thinking about is there's a lot of opportunity within filter options on category pages but most e-commerce platforms or at least most developers haven't thought about the potential for that the potential for ranking with those basically combinations of things so for example we we work quite a bit in the appliance industry and there's a variety of filter options that you would typically come across there 
colors, for example. And the same is true in clothing and, and many other things. Now, you, you take clothing. You might have a, a sweaters page and there might be filters on the sweaters page. There might be subcategories with pages in their own right under sweaters. There might be wool, short sleeve, v-neck or whatever. But then you won't have colors of sweaters typically. You'll have type of sweater and then a filter for color. But people do search for red v-neck sweater. Now, you don't have a page for red v-neck sweater. You've got individual products that might be red v-neck sweaters. And you might have sizes. And typically, they will be variables as well. And not even separate products. They'll just be a variable within a product. And if somebody's looking for size 10 red v-neck sweater, there's no page to match. But if you've got the combination of filter options, the faceted navigation on a category page, Technically, there is a URL for that, but it's usually query parameters on the end of the V-neck sweaters page, and there's no optimization at all. So the title tag, the meta description, any content on that page, apart from the fact that there's a smaller number of products, is exactly the same as the main V-neck sweater page. So if you can create pages out of those filter combinations that you can then optimize, either automatically by sticking the filter variables into the title tag and stuff, or even better, by hand, so you can craft it nicely, then you've got an opportunity that many other retailers are going to struggle with because they don't have anything that's optimized for those. And Google will do its best, but it's nowhere near as good as having the red V-neck sweater size 10 title tag H1 mm. written on the page. But it's a challenge because what you don't want is every possible variant getting its own page. Otherwise, you'll end up with literally millions and millions of pages. Um, you know, so again, some of the filter options on, on the appliances side are things like length of warranty. Nobody goes to Google and searches for uh, dishwasher with five-year warranty. It just doesn't happen. So you don't want those. And, and if you imagine that there's maybe five, six different things to filter by, and there could be many more, that's, you know, you've, you've only got to do six by six by six, you know, six cubed and cubed again kind of thing to, to end up with a massive number of pages and many of them won't be searched for. So you also need a system that allows you to choose which ones deserve to live as a page and which ones need to be no indexed or canonical to something else and, and be able to set those rules. And we spent a lot of time making that happen um, on, on WooCommerce sites. I can't claim that we can do it on anything else, but we can definitely do it on WooCommerce sites, but it is not the easiest thing to do. But with we are seeing the results from it. So, you know, my, it's, it's a top tip, although it's not exactly a uh, sit down and do it in five minutes job. But <laughs> if, if you've got those kind of filtering options on your site, go and have a look at what else is around in your sector and see if anybody's using that. Because I bet the majority, probably all of them in most cases, aren't making that. And that's a real opportunity for you to be able to mine if you can get the technical solution in place to do it. And it is possible. Great tip. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, well, that's been, I think we've covered a lot of topics there, haven't we? Yeah, it's been really insightful. As well, really insightful. It? And hopefully our listeners have got a massive long list of things that they can uh, get cracking with. And probably comes. come and ask you afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's now time for probably my favourite part of the podcast. Um, I don't know if it's going to be your guys' favourite because the forfeit <laughs> is going to be a bit of beatboxing. Now, I have a feeling that Hannah's a pretty good beatboxer. Because, like well, no, because when we were discussing forfeit, she she wanted to beatbox over rapping. So yeah, that's um, right. literally was beatboxing or rapping. That's why. <laughs> what would you What would you have preferred, Ian? Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that 
between the rock of rapping and the hard place of beatboxing, <laughs> uh, the hard place wins. Yay, definitely. great. Oh, that makes me happy. That makes me feel better. Well, if it makes you feel any better, earlier episodes, forfeits were uh, jumping jacks, planks. Um, what else have press we done? Ups, press ups. ups. So this is a Bellies. little bit less physical. You should probably, I don't know, maybe you like a bit of exercise. <laughs> uh, right. Yes, but not like that. <laughs> not high pressure no not it's high pressure. Pressure. It's a bit weird listening to it as well yes very, it's not very friendly which we found so yes basically what I've done is I've done a bit of research and I've found brand names that have nothing to do with what they sell or do whether that's a product or a service so I've got a list of these weird and wonderful names and I've got options so I'm not just making you pick um, I mean I'm not making you say what they are I am giving you options so I'm making it a little bit easier for you whoever gets the most is this week's winner have I is that clear as mud for people yeah Yeah, I'm sure it'll be obvious when you start yes okay right so first one is egg slut wow I'll say that again I know it is a strong start Uh, egg slut so s-l-u-t so Is this um, A, a burger place, B, they sell egg-branded T-shirts, so slogans with eggs on. Hannah's face is hilarious right now. (laughs) If only you could see it, Ian. Or they're a specialist omelette restaurant place. I'll let you go first, Ian. So what are you saying, Ian? Blimey. It's a a crazy name, isn't it? Um, Yes, I like saying it. Have a go so, at saying it. Yeah, you can get yourself in trouble. Um, so just just give me the options quickly again. So is it a burger place? Do they sell egg-branded T-shirts? Or do they specialise in omelette? tempted by omelette, but it's too obvious. So I'm going to go burger. Burger, okay. Um, I'm also going to say that mainly because you said egg-branded T-shirts, which definitely ruled that one out. What do you mean egg-branded well, no, T-shirts? Branded T-shirts, that'd be fine, or T-shirts, but you've had to put egg in there, so... You can do a lot with eggs. Keywords could be the answer. Well, we'll see who's right, shall we? Okay, second one. I do apologise, and I'm a bit nervous saying this one, so I'm going to close my eyes as I'm saying it, because otherwise Hannah's going to twitter me. Mammoth erection wow so is that a event tent hire (laughs) is it b a viagra company or is it c a construction company so hannah you go first on this one Um, i'm going to go for the first one Uh, so you're saying event tent hire oh hang on no no no. i want to change my mind to the last one you want to sounds more construction. construction yeah okay ian Construction. Mm, yeah, I, I'm tempted to buy construction because I've seen some funny, uh, some funny names on. It sounds yeah, scaffoldy. There's a there's a really. Uh, you, well, I don't know if it's still around, and I've forgotten the name. But there was a very risque named scaffolding <laughs> company in the East Midlands not that long ago. So. Oh, okay. Wow, East Midlands are very risque. Okay, third one, Ollie. O l l i e. Is that pet food? Do they sell baby clothes or do they do like BMX supplies? So I believe, Ian, you're first. Oh, I want, yeah. Mm. 
I wouldn't say the BMX thing, but it's not a BMX thing and Ollie, is it? And Ollie's a skateboarding thing. Um, so I think that's a misleading one. What, sorry, what were the other options? Pet food, baby clothes, or BMX supplies. Pet food or baby clothes. Or skating BMX. Uh, Can you put BMX and skating? These two are kind of cute options. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for pet food. Pet food. Because you could call a dog. You could sort of shout, Ollie, it's a dog. Yeah, I'm going to go for pet food. <laughs> I like the thinking behind that. I'm actually going to go with BMX. BMX. Okay, finally, you've gone different. <laughs> the next one, Pep Boys. Pep. Yes, P-E-P, Pep. Oh, I said that. I've got a, I'm going to say that again. Pep, boys. Are there like a car repairs and accessories place? Are they a tailor service, so for suits and what have you? Or do they specialise in male hair products? And that is Pep, boys. So Hannah, you're up first. Male hair products. Male hair. Okay. I think I've actually come across that. So oh. It's, it's a car thing, I a think. car, okay. Yes, I'm going for the, the cars. Okay, so two more, and then I'll put you out of your misery, don't worry. Okay, the next one, this is going to be a giggler. Stiff nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look at your so... ancient history having to search for these. <laughs> so, is stiff nipples... Are they uh, an air conditioning service? Are they lingerie? Or um, th- this actually exists, people. Um, do they sell safe, sell, safe? Sorry, self-warming breast pads. What are we thinking, guys? Mm. I think it's. I th- I'm going to make Hannah go first. No, no, no oh, is it Ian? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, come on, Ian. What are we saying? It. Mm. Yeah, good one. I don't. <laughs> no, the, 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 I don't get the breast pad. I don't think that's a. Th- that it is a thing. Google it. It's the. It, no, it's don't the, Google the, it. the name's the wrong way round for it. Anyway, I'm definitely not googling that. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm going for air conditioning in the same way that uh, I think scaffolding people name things in a risque way. In a risque way, love it. Okay, I'm going to go for that as well. Okay. I was going to go. So this is the last one. I think this has been like the cringiest feature. Without a doubt. And it's been me, and it's normally Hannah that does it. So, um, this is why. It's your maybe, fault. <laughs> maybe I, yeah. I'll never get the chance to do a feature again. <laughs> right. So, the last one is McJunkin, which is my personal favorite. So, <laughs> McJunkin. Has anyone heard of this one? No. No? no. Okay, that's good. No. Do they do uh, do they do burgers? You know, like junk food, McJunkin, and a little bit in a play on I McDonald's. Muck, M-C, and then J-U-N-K-I-N. Oh, okay, yeah, McJunkin. Okay. Do they manufacture pipes and valves? Very exciting. Or do they do juice? Is it my baby? Uh, yes, I believe it's you first, Hannah. Please, may I choose the first option? You, seen as you asked so nicely, uh, so you're saying burgers? Yes. Okay. Oh no, I can't believe that. McDonald's are the most litigious people in the world. They're absolutely <laughs> awesome for that. I'm going. Da, 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 da. What was the last option again? Juice. Juice. This, yeah, like healthy juice and smoothies and all that. You know, yeah, it could people be, love it? people it love all be. that. Kind of or, ironic, or, or pipes, did you say? Hmm. Manufacture uh, of pipes and valves. Pipes, pipes or juice, pipes or juice. I think, I'd have heard, I think I'd have heard it. If it I think I'd have heard of it if it was juice. So I'm going for pipes. Pipes, right? 
so that brings us to the end and it's tense for all sorts of reasons and it's tense <laughs> and we just need to get out of this weird vibe that i've created <laughs> in this room right now ian you win you got right. is that good or bad is that good? Well, that's amazing. But is that good or bad? That is good because it means Hannah has to do the forfeit because she lost. So I'll just, I'll just go through. So excellent. As much as I wanted them to do branded eggs t-shirts, they don't. They're a burger place. So you both said that, I believe. And then the net. Oh, what else do we have? Mammoth Erection. They were a construction company. Stiff nipples. Air conditioning service. Ollie. Pet food. See, you're, you're right on on it tonight, Ian. Pet boys. You were you obviously have heard of them before because they are the car repairs and accessories people. And in America, it's an American thing. I think I must have seen it in America. Yes, I'm surprised if most of these are American. Yeah, <laughs> kind of hope so as well. <laughs> uh, and then McJunkin does pipes and valves. So, oh, right. Well, that was a lucky guess. So go. that was, I know, you nearly didn't get full marks there because you did nearly say juice, didn't you, on that one? Yeah, yeah, I was tempted. Um, so, yes. So I believe uh, <laughs> Hannah has to take the stage I'm now. i for my own back here. Uh, so are we ready for some awesome beatboxing? Yeah, can we say, like, I don't have 15 seconds? Oh, what, are you going to time it? I don't know, because I, I don't really want to do it for too long. Well, can you not play us out and we'll, we'll fade you down? Is that <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> okay, I like that. So um, instead of our usual fade out, we'll have Hannah beatboxing. Sorry, Hannah. That's all right. That's fine. We're I mean, I love right it. Right at the end of the episode as well. Yes. So, okay, cool. Okay. Well, I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining us, Ian. No, you're welcome. Very and much enjoyed it. Yes, good. good, good. And yes, if you want, to, how can people get in touch with you, Ian, if they want to carry on the conversation with e-commerce and SEO? Uh, well, I'm at Ian Lockwood on Twitter um, and our website is boom-online.co.uk. Awesome, cool. Is there any, is there a top e-commerce tip that you want to leave people with? I know that's me putting you on the spot, but if it was a quick one, a quick, this is an ultimate e-commerce SEO to do, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Apart from fastest navigation. I, yeah, that's a mm, top e-commerce tip. Or just a quick, uh, quick, a quick, I don't know. out your canonicalization. That's the other thing that everybody screws up. Canonicalization. Ah, that's one <laughs> of Good Hannah's yeah. favorite areas. One of my worst, because I can't say the word. <laughs> Same with faceted. I had to practice that, and I'm going to own up to that. <laughs> <laughs> almost made it almost 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 awesome all right well yes thank you very much for listening if you've enjoyed our podcast like and share share us how can they find us hannah how can they find us uh, at seo underscore sas yes that's it uh sarah mcduck as well <laughs> yeah. twitter find us on linkedin sarah mcdowell hannah wellings and oh one last thing you do a drink digital meetup don't you we do indeed yes in nottingham Yes, so you've just had one. Yeah, we're just sorting out the next date, so that's not very good timing for this, but keep an eye out. There will be uh, be a couple of uh, springtime dates being announced very soon. Awesome. All right. Well, if people keep an eye on SEOSAS Twitter, we'll reshare it when you announce it, because they're always really good. But yeah, so thank you very much. See you later. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye.